0: Hello, welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire, or should I say welcome if this is your first time listening to the show. I'm so happy to have you here, whether you have been here for all 98 episodes of the show or whether this is your first dip into the Balanced Blonde Podcast life. So you're in for a treat, whether you've listened before or whether you're brand new, because today we have the fabulous Kelly Tennant, a dear friend of mine, a new podcaster herself at The Platform Podcast, and just this incredible survivor of chronic illness, specifically Epstein-Barr, but for many, many years, she thought she had fibromyalgia, which you'll learn all about. Kelly has also worked in television for many years. And I keep joking with her that she's the first ever person to start a podcast who has already recorded 40 episodes before they launched. So she's incredible. If that tells you anything about her work ethic, which also bleeds over to who she is as a person and as a friend, then you kind of have a good look at who she is. As we get into in this episode, she's just an incredible friend, one of those people that I can call at any time, no matter how sick I am. And She kind of knows what to do and what to say, and I appreciate her so much. We met through Orange Theory as both of our incredible boyfriends work for Orange Theory Los Angeles, but I won't spoil the story of exactly how we met because it was really fun to hear in this episode that Kelly remembers her very first thoughts of me, and I remember my very first thoughts of her. So, we talk a lot in this episode about Ayurveda, functional medicine, all the different things that have really helped both of us heal. And Kelly tells her story of everything that she's been through. It's amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. We're going to keep the intro short and sweet today because I feel like I have caught a stroke of luck and I can actually whip this out and record. The intro without construction blaring from the outside of my new apartment because we've had constant construction. So, if you hear the construction in this episode with Kelly, my apologies for your ears. It's kind of like you were just hanging out in the apartment with us and experiencing it yourself. I have a feeling my incredible editor will do his absolute best to edit it out. But if you hear it, just have some compassion for the moving process. I know you will. I don't even have to ask because you guys are compassionate people. But yeah, it's been pretty crazy. And it's been exciting to be in the new place, which I will talk all about soon. And Without further ado, I'm just going to talk about our fabulous sponsors for today's episode before the construction revs up again, because I already hear it. I do. What is my luck? Oh my goodness. So, our fabulous sponsors for today's episode. First of all, we have for Sig Medic, my all time favorite mushroom coffee alternative, slash my all time favorite mushroom coffee brand and matcha brand and charcoal lemonade and everything else that they have evolved into. I've been so proud to watch Four Sigmatic grow as I feel like I I'm not going to say I discovered them before they were popular because they were already popular by the time some of our other podcast guests, Mary Beth Larue and Luke Story told me to check them out when they learned that I was trying to get off of coffee. But I do feel like I incorporated them into my life before they blew up in the way that they have, and I'm so proud of them. We've had Taro, the founder of Four Sigmatic, on this show, so you can always go listen to that episode with him if you want to learn all about the benefits of adaptogenic mushrooms. So my very favorite adaptogenic mushroom is chaga. Chaga helps a lot with alertness and with focus of the brain and it really wakes you up and makes you feel like you've had caffeine even when you haven't. So the chaga comes in that really cute green tin from Four Sigmatic. You've probably seen it all over my Instagram. I make it pretty much every morning. I mix a couple of tablespoons of chaga with hot water and steamed almond milk, which is just a treat. It's so good. And then I add in cinnamon and I also add in when I'm drinking it steamed, like I mentioned, I add in some melted coconut butter for those healthy fats. And then I blend it all up. I use my Four Sigmatic frother, which you can also get on their website. And I drink that delicious adaptogenic chaga latte. Something else I've been really into lately with Four Sigmatic is their charcoal lemonade. I mentioned in my solo episode that I have been all about the charcoal in my life because it helps bind to toxins and pull all the toxic, yucky stuff that we don't want out of our bodies. So a really delicious way to incorporate charcoal into your life is with Four Sigmatic's Charcoal Lemonade. I drink that one cold, I mix it to water, I pop in some ice, and I sip on it while I going on a walk around my neighborhood. I brought it to the Brentwood Farmers Market yesterday and so many people were asking me, "What is that? How can I how can I drink that? How can I incorporate that into my life?" So, I felt like a walking talking podcast advertisement for Four Sigmatic, which felt really cool because I just love and support that company so much. And I also have a pretty exciting massive giveaway with the brand happening on my Instagram. This week, so this episode will come out on a Wednesday. And then the following day, Thursday, I'm releasing this um, really cool collaboration with Four Sigmatic for their Shroom Stars campaign. And together we'll be giving away all sorts of goodies. So head to my Instagram tomorrow, Thursday. I don't know when you'll be listening to this. So pardon me if you're listening to this a little later on. Perhaps the giveaway is still going. I'm excited about that. So even if you don't enter the giveaway, you can head over to foursigmatic.com blonde. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E to get your hands on foursigmatic with an amazing discount code. For 15% off for our Soul on Fire listeners. So thank you for Sigmatic. You guys are my favorite in the whole entire world. And second sponsor, before we dive into this conversation with Kelly. Is the fabulous omega 3 supplement that I have been raving about and have had as a huge part of my healing routine over the last several months? And that is Omax 3 Ultra Pure, which is the purest omega 3 supplement on the whole entire market. So you're welcome for doing that research because it's actually shockingly hard to find omega-3s that are completely pure. that don't have all sorts of additives or different things that will make you feel not so good. Omax-3 Ultra Pure is almost 94% pure omega-3 fatty acids. They have patented their ratio which is the EPA to DHA ratio of four to one. So that's specifically engineered for inflammation and joint pain. And if you're listening to this and you think, well, I don't really need extra omega-3s or fatty acids in my life, maybe you eat a lot of fish or you feel like you already have a lot of fatty acids in your diet. What you might not know is that over 75% of Americans don't get enough omega-3s in their diet. So that means three out of four of us soul on fire listeners don't get enough omega threes, which is crazy. So check out Omax 3. It's clinically tested. So it's very safe for you and your family. So whether you're an athlete, a busy parent, a student, a working professional like myself, although I am working from my bathrobe in my kitchen, watching my cat squeeze his rather large booty into the cabinet right now. I'm still working professional. I still feel like I'm always running from place to place with a lot going on. So Omax 3 Ultra Pure has us covered because you can start to notice those positive effects within days. So for a special deal, go to tryomax.com blonde to get a box of o- Omax 3 Ultra Pure. For free with your first purchase. That's tryomax.com slash bond to get your free box of OMAX 3 with your first purchase. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, guys, thank you for listening to this lovely intro, which I have so, what's the word here? Um, MacGyvered into like the most quiet, uh, 10 minutes of the day so far in my apartment, just so that you can listen without any crazy noise interruptions. So I really cannot wait for you to listen. If that. This episode with Kelly Tennant. And I also just wanted to thank everybody for sending in their beautiful, beautiful stories to me for the listener podcast that I'm going to be doing soon. I've gotten so many incredible stories from all of you. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, just head to the intro of last week's solo episode to hear all about it and the upcoming listener episode that we're going to have where I'm going to feature one of you. So without further ado, we're going to head into this episode with Kelly. And um, lastly, I really don't want to keep saying without further ado, I feel like it's become a habit. So if you have other ideas of how I can lead into each podcast episode without saying that, but with, with saying something with similar sentiment, tell me and maybe I'll use the phrase that you recommend. Thanks, guys. And let's dive into this episode with Kelly. Kelly. Okay. I am here with the wonderful Kelly Tennant. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here. Me too. My first guest in my new apartment. I know.
1: It looks amazing in here, <laughs> by the you. way. I love it.
0: Jonathan told me not to call it an apartment because it makes it sound, I don't know, like Like you're still so kids or, quote, or something? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to refer to it as our home. Yes. Even though it's in an apartment building, yes. it feels like a home.
1: It does feel like a home. Well, I think a home is what you make it, right? Yeah. So Even though you guys don't really have furniture yet and it's still really wide
0: open, <laughs> even though you though have we don't plenty of room for paper. activities. <laughs> yeah.
1: No toilet paper. Yeah. It's overrated. I was like,
0: sorry, Kelly. Yeah. But um, it's a home. I yeah, like that. Yeah. I keep telling Hudson that... Oh, it's 11-11, by the way. Um, make a wish. I keep telling Hudson that our home like, is, is wherever the three of us are mm-hmm. because he has been so scared and so disoriented and he's been hiding in the closet. It's just, he's never left our old home in his whole life. He was like born there practically. Oh my gosh. So here we are in our new space
1: and he'll transition. It'll be okay.
0: Yeah, he will. He's (laughs) he's already getting pretty adventurous, like walking on the countertops Uh as you saw. (laughs) Story of my life. But you have had such an exciting week so yes. far. And it's it's only Tuesday. <laughs> I know. I'm
1: like, oh my God, it's only Tuesday. <laughs> yes.
0: So tell everybody listening why you've had such an exciting week. Yeah. So I
1: launched my own podcast um, and it's called The Platform Podcast. And I launched it yesterday on July 16th. And I also launched with that a website, which is a non-toxic website. And for me, it's just such a passion project. And every time I talk about it, I'm like, almost on the verge of tears because...
0: You can cry here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll
1: cry I know. with you. <laughs> exactly. I think for me, I mean, I covered sports for my whole life, starting when I was in college and then up until March. And I quit my job and I left everything behind. And I just started over. And I felt like my health journey really led me to this as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But it just really aside from the health stuff, I wanted to be surrounded by women. I wanted to have real conversations. And I have so many of my women in my life, like you and the girls that do almost 30 and, and that's a retrograde and all these people I I look up to and that have these incredible shows. And I just felt like, well, if they can do it, why can't I? And I, I felt like you guys, and I've never told you this, and I will cry when I say this, you gave me permission to do this, and you were such an amazing friend and so supportive and such an incredible mentor. and I could not be here without you, and I'm just so grateful because this is my dream show that I have now. And so it's so cool to be to this point and to know that like you didn't have to be that person for me. And you know, all these women didn't have to do that and kind of pave the way and also say, "Let me take you under my wing and be here for you and this is how I did it. This is my podcast team. You and I have the same people producing our podcast, you know. You didn't need to do that and you did and you did did it so selflessly and with so much love and I just think that's why I wanted to do that because and do this show is because I want that supportive tribe around me that I never had when I was younger and now I have it and it's just so cool.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Now I'm crying and I have like full body chills. <laughs> hearing you say all this because that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And that's why we start these things because this is your dream show. Mm -hmm. You're doing what you love. And to see you come so far from six months ago or longer when you were just feeling so sick and quit your job and took all that time for yourself. And then sent me the best email I've ever gotten <laughs> in my life. Like, I'm, I'm known to exaggerate. However, that is the best email I've ever received in my whole life. And when I got it, I cried, called my mom, called Jonathan. I forwarded it to them. And that was back in like February, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Um, when you were taking time off because you were focusing on your health, You deleted your Instagram or made it hidden or something because it's back now. I deactivated it. (laughs) Okay. I didn't even know that you could do that. You deactivated it. See, I
1: still got things to teach you. (laughs) Yeah, I know you
0: do because now it's back and you have all the same followers and stuff. I was like, wait, that's cool. Um, (laughs) But you gave me permission to put myself first. And I was so rapidly deteriorating with my health and I was in such denial like, no, 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 I can still live my life. And back in um, December, I had told my mom one time, like I feel like I should put my whole life on hold to figure out why this rash is spreading all over my body and why I feel so sick all the time. And she was like, well, you can't really do that (laughs) because you have a life and you have a job. And basically her fear was like, if I put that first above everything then it would like consume my life and um that would be the only thing that you know that defined me but then you gave me that permission and I truly listened to you mm-hmm. and I did I mean I didn't work for a couple months should have been way longer <laughs> I should do it again Shit, I mean, this is the stuff I think about. Like I woke up today, like feeling really not good and just like, I'm still doing too much. So it's a learning curve. But yeah, you didn't have to do that for me either. And you went so far out of your way to just be so understanding. And we have the same doctor and we have the same kind of health history in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So that is oh. Okay. Before we get into that, this, so I just had like a light bulb in my brain. I want to tell people how we know each other. Oh, yes. Because um, that's always fun too. <laughs> yeah. So how do we know each other?
1: So I met you when we went to the ambassador breakfast for Orange Theory. And that's actually a funny story too that I wanted to tell because I I had never really heard of you. I didn't know much about you. And... Um, our boyfriends work together. So Jonathan and Bruce are both at Orange Theory and are really good friends. And so we went to this ambassador breakfast. You guys weren't together yet, right? What yeah. Were you guys? Well, we it were was like, like a secret. We were like on a break. Oh. It was like an awkward. Yeah, that was an awkward morning.
0: <laughs> I I told Jonathan, I think Kelly and Bruce are dating. And he was like, No, they're not.
1: Yeah. But so we, we were, we weren't but then we yeah. were yeah. yeah, I don't remember what phase we were. It was, I don't think we were dating at the time. Anyways, so I remember you coming in and someone said, um, I think they were like, oh yeah, she goes by The Balance Blonde on Instagram and you wrote, you had written Breaking Vegan and, and all I heard was vegan. And I'm like, oh God, like <laughs> I'm gonna sit next to a vegan. Like, what am I supposed to talk to this girl about? Like, I knew nothing about you, but I was so hardcore, like paleo and me and like just in that world. I think I was doing keto at the time. So I'm like, oh great. What am I gonna talk to this girl about? and you're like a third of my size so it was just so funny like we're just, i'm like how much more opposite could we get and i don't think we even really talked that morning cuz there was like a whole group of us and then i started following you on instagram and i was like hmm there's something here like i really like her and i can't i can't put my finger on it but i just i fell in love with your authenticity and i thought that you were just so special and over time i just realized that I, I think you made me uncomfortable because I wanted to be more like you. You know, when you project and you're like, I just don't understand this because it's something you don't understand in yourself. And the more and more I followed you, the more I felt like, again, the permission thing of like you being authentic and genuine to who you are and to all of the people that follow you, with just so many people and all the lives you've changed. I just thought she's doing something right. She's just being herself. And it's okay to do that. And I know you had gone under, you know, so much scrutiny and gotten so much flack for so many things especially with the book, and I thought she's still out there doing it. That didn't stop her and I thought that was so amazing and it's just so funny to go from thinking we have nothing in common, I could never be friends with her to now I'm like in your new apartment doing a podcast with you. And I just think think the world of you. It's just so funny.
0: I know. It's so funny. I, I love hearing that. I remember meeting you that morning too. And like people telling me things about you also. Because there was that other woman there who I think... Was she your nutritionist at one oh, point? Oh, Christy. She's yeah. like my best okay, friend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That other woman. Yeah. Your best friend. <laughs> um, And she was telling me all about you, I think, before you got there. Oh, okay. And she was like, you guys have to connect. You have so many similarities. Oh so I was actually going into it thinking that we were so similar. <laughs> um But then again, we didn't really talk that morning because yeah. there were a bunch of people there. Um And it was so early. Dude, it was I so mean, early.
1: Coral tree at like 8 a.m. on no, a Friday. It was like
0: 7. Oh. I remember because Jonathan planned it and it was something like, oh, we have to do it at 7 because like um Jimmy Dean. Yes. Has to like at teaching some running yeah. club at and eight. Kelly
1: Levesque was like coming yeah, and going it was and, too. Yeah. yeah
0: that's so funny fine we'll change um, our schedules
1: for you too <laughs> yeah
0: exactly so I was like okay I'll walk to Coral Tree be- two hours before I would usually wake up but yeah that's how we met and yeah. then now um, now that you and Bruce are very together yes. and <laughs> Jonathan and I are actually together because back then we weren't we all do stuff and it's the best yeah the best that they're friends, and I feel so lucky to have met you in the capacity that we did, and then just build our friendship over time.
1: Yeah, I think it's amazing too. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in everyone comes into your life for a reason, and Christy is one of those people that she has had. So, she was my nutritionist at USC when I was 19 she diagnosed me with my eating disorder. She um, was by my side through all of the beginning of when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and telling me I was allergic to gluten and dairy. Like She was really important in that part of my life. And then we stayed friends. She introduced me to Orange Theory, which led me to Bruce, my future husband, which led me to you, who you've led me to not only Dr. Lecos, our functional medicine doctor, but also Surya Spa and working with Marta I'm going back for another five-day Panchakarma on Friday.
0: Hell yes. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I think mean, this we is like talk day all 20
1: it. through 25 for me now.
0: It <laughs> it's is. So it's your year of Pancha Karma.
1: Yeah. And then um, I, I, so I just think of someone like you and then obviously the podcast, like I mentioned, like I couldn't have done this without you. So I just think that it's so interesting when someone comes into your life and it's not like they just make an impact on one little part. They you almost like fully just helped me transition everything and transform into a new person and, and see the world so differently. And so I think it's just really special when you have those kinds of relationships because yeah, we could call each other friends, but I think you're just so much more than that. And I just appreciate that because I have a few women like that and it's just, it makes such an impact on you. And there's just, it's a different connection. It's like a, you talk about this all the time. It's a soul connection where you just like, you look in the person's eyes and you just know like there's something else there, like whether it's a past life or whatever.
0: Yeah, I believe that so much. And I was going to say staring into your eyes is like an experience <laughs> because they they sparkle and glitter in this crazy way, especially in this room. And I could literally get lost in them. Like, uh-huh. Thank you there is a past life connection there. Yeah. That's for sure. I could stare into your eyes and get super distracted. <laughs> that, that was what was happening when you were talking. Um, I love that. And yeah, it's totally, it's it's so special to have people like that in your life. Like when I couldn't sleep and had the worst insomnia for days on end, you were like, let me just bring you exactly, exactly what you need, some CBD, some... Liquid GABA. Yes. And I take that every night still. Oh, so it is. It's so important to have those people in your life who it is deeper than just a friendship. It's like someone who knows what you need. Mm-hmm. too.
1: Well, I think for me, too, I don't like to talk to people every day. I'm like you. I'm very introverted. I really need my quiet time and my space. And especially when I was working in sports and being on TV, I, was, I had to live with this crazy energy all the time. So I was constantly hosting television shows, doing interviews. And I was in stadiums with 50,000 people. So it was just this really crazy energy. And I I like my quiet time even more because of that. But I don't like texting people all the time. And so my friends are truly, it's next level. When we talk, we talk. We don't, how, how are things, like what's going on? I just can't do that. And so I think that I've just surrounded myself with a lot of people that kind of get that and have the same mentality of, when we talk, it's important. And our relationship is just that next level. And I don't have that many friends, but I, I feel like I've done that on purpose because it just serves me and what I need better. And I have found the most incredible people because of it.
0: I couldn't agree more. I Yesterday, I recorded a solo episode that will go up Like a week before this one, Mm -hmm. tomorrow. Um, That'll be confusing for everybody (laughs) listening. (laughs) You've already Um, listened to the episode. (laughs) Exactly. And I I mentioned that, that I think like the biggest gift of getting sick is realizing quality over quantity when it comes to people in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's not just from getting sick, but it kind of weeds out a whole other (laughs) like layer of people. And that's really important. And I would way rather count my real friends on one hand than uh, be surrounded by groups and groups of people who you can't really, really go to who don't get it when you're just like in bed and can't see anybody for months. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that's really important. I love that you said that.
1: Well, I noticed too, you said on July 4th when you got really sick because you guys went down to Emerald Bay and you felt so sick the next day and all you wanted to do was hang out with your friends, right? So I've done that countless times. I've I've been sick for 13 years doing the same thing over and over. And I finally reached a point where I thought, I don't want to do that anymore. It's not fun. So I just, I've been saying no to things forever now. And I said to Bruce, I think it was July 4th. I was like, it makes me really sad that I don't get invited to things anymore because I've said no so many times that I've lost a lot of those like fun friends that I would just go to a party with or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm so glad that I have my real friends that most of them don't live here, which is also why I'm not like at their house for July 4th or whatever. But I'm glad that I've sort of separated myself from that because if I were as sick as you are at this point, and I did say yes to something like that, and then I'm having a week to recover and I feel so awful. What was the point? Like, why did that matter? And so I'm glad that I have the perspective now to know it's okay that I said no. And it's okay that people don't invite me because I'm not the fun friend, but I also take really good care of myself and I feel better because of it. So you have to like weigh that out.
0: I totally agree. There's this meme that I posted on my podcast Instagram one time that said something like, um, it's something like I'm totally going to butcher it, but it was similar to, even though I'm going to say no, I still want to be invited. Mm-hmm. Or, But it was funny. It wasn't like a yeah. statement like yeah. that. It was like, P- I need more friends in my life who will still invite me, even though I'm going to say no. And that's true. I mean, it's not always about the invitation. Because like you said, like life is so much deeper than that, but it is like, you know, I mean, I, I went to college in LA, so did you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my friends from college live here. They live in within a block of here and a lot of things I don't get invited to because, because yeah, I've said no so many times for so many years now, but to me, it's, I actually still want to be invited and I do have those people who still invite me and I'm like, yes, you're my real friend because you know me. And like, that's important to me because maybe one in a hundred times I want to come. And I think it's important too that those real friends, like even though they have that lifestyle where so many of my close friends, they do go out like every night or every weekend or way more than every weekend. But that doesn't mean that they don't like Go to yoga with me, or ask me to go to dinner with them, or go on a walk with me or take me to the doctor sometimes, like those are real friends, and there are so few of them, but the fact that they exist that's that's all that matters, yeah, um so yeah, everything you just said, one hundred percent, and I'm <laughs> sure a ton of people listening feel that way too. so now tell us about your health journey. you sort sort of started how with Christy diagnosing you with your eating disorder so go from there.
1: Yeah, so it actually it happened before the eating disorder. When I was 17, I had pneumonia my senior year of high school for 4 months and then right after that, the fall of my freshman year at USC, I was playing on the volleyball team and I got mono in November right at the end of the season. And I had it for eight months, which is unheard of. No one gets mono for eight months. (laughs) So I gained like 30 pounds and it was this whole thing. And um, I didn't really know what was wrong and no one could figure out like, how do I get rid of the mono? How do you kind of come out of that? And so I somehow came out of it and all of a sudden went into my sophomore year and I was in the best shape of my life. I became captain of the team, Um, and I was, I was killing it and we were getting ready to go to Europe to go play in this overseas tournament. And we were going to be traveling around for two weeks and going to all these different cities. And it was, it was around Easter time and I was at home and my left leg gave out. And it was the weirdest thing because it wasn't like a back issue where I thought, you know i'm there's something wrong with my back or i lifted wrong i was just literally standing in the kitchen and my left leg gave out and it went completely numb and it was dead and so i mean i could hit my leg and i wouldn't feel it it was the weirdest thing and that was the beginning of the end for me um of this 13 year real journey with being sick so they ended up not knowing what was wrong with me for that t- first 2 months and i wanted to go to europe so badly because i i intuitively knew that that was going to be the last time I ever played. And so going overseas with my team as the captain, it was like this really special trip that you only do every four years. I was like, if I'm going to go out this is how I'm going to go out. So they put me on every drug possible because they didn't know what was wrong. So I was on painkillers, muscle relaxers, um, antidepressants, like anything to numb me. And (laughs) I don't know how I played. I played amazing. I played out of my mind. It was so ridiculous, probably because I couldn't feel anything. So I was just like, let me go for it. And so I did the trip. had a time of my life. It was so incredible. I got back and obviously it got worse. I mean, I went off the painkillers for a day and it was just all downhill. I didn't know what was wrong. I couldn't stand up straight. I was super fatigued. I couldn't walk five feet without being exhausted. And it was so weird to go from being in the best shape of my life to, I mean, PRing on every sprint and every lift and squatting 230 pounds to all of a sudden I can't walk within three months. And so that whole fall of my junior year, which was 2007, I went misdiagnosed. They thought I had cancer. They thought I had tumors. They thought I had um, a torn disc in my back. So from basically April to December, I didn't have a diagnosis and I was bedridden. I couldn't travel with the team, couldn't go to practice. I couldn't go to class. Um, I almost had to withdraw. I think I got the lowest grade possible in every class that semester just so I didn't have to withdraw, but I never showed up. And if I did go to class, I was like laying in the back because I couldn't sit. It was so brutal. What kind
0: of cancer did they think you had?
1: They didn't know. They just started throwing out like, maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's this. Maybe you have a torn disc in your back, but no scan showed anything. Like there was nothing wrong with my back or cancer, or there was no gross in my brain, like nothing. And so I finally went and saw a rheumatologist. And by the way, this is at USC with the best doctors in the world, quote unquote, that couldn't find anything wrong. They finally sent me to a rheumatologist in December, and he told me that I had fibromyalgia. And at the time, there wasn't a lot out there about fibromyalgia or um, autoimmune disease in general. This was 2007, and I was 19. So it was unheard of for a 19-year-old to get fibromyalgia. It was more of like something they diagnosed 50-year-old women with. And so we were like, okay, like, what do we do? You know, I'm so proactive and I'm young and healthy. And he was like, you can never play volleyball again. And I'm like, okay. So obviously cry sesh there (laughs) at the doctor. And then I had to come back and tell my coaches and team that I was retiring and I couldn't play anymore. And the first thing that came to my mind was, well, shit, I have a full ride scholarship to USC. What's going to happen? Are they going to kick me out of school? what happens. And they were so incredible. My coach and the women's athletic director, Carol Doherty came in and met with me and they said, you're keeping your scholarship. We're moving you. Yeah. We're moving you off the team scholarship, but they have scholarships for students that get hurt or ill or something horrible happens. They move you. And so I was able to keep my scholarship, which was amazing because USC was my dream school. And that would have, that would have truly wrecked me. I don't know what I would have done. Awful. Yeah. Like, by the way, you're sick. You can't play anymore. Say goodbye to all your friends in the life you knew and you get to leave school. Goodbye. Like, I couldn't no, have handled that. Would that. Be,
0: that would be awful. Yeah. And imagine that probably happens to some people. Totally.
1: If it's like a pre-existing condition, which this probably was, they didn't have to keep my scholarship. Um, but we didn't really know enough at the time and whatever. It happened the way it did. And I'm super grateful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. goodness. So then after that, it was It was a long battle. I was in physical therapy. They were trying to make it better. I was seeing all these different doctors that quote unquote knew everything about fibromyalgia, but at the end of the day, there's no blood test for it. So they would just poke my body and say, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Okay. You have enough pain points. You have fibromyalgia. Here's Lyrica, which is the main drug for fibromyalgia. And here's your antidepressant because I was depressed out of my mind because I couldn't leave my house and I was in so much pain. I couldn't see straight. I was in pain from head to toe, level 10 all day, every day, couldn't sleep. I mean, I I couldn't function. I couldn't even go to the grocery store. And so it was was a disaster. And so that's kind of how I was living. And then I would have a random good day and I thought, okay, like what contributed to this? How can I recreate it? But then it was never consistent. And so I just, I lived in pain for so long. And, um, that's when I got the eating disorder because, like I lost my whole life. Volleyball, I was an incredible volleyball player. I was a top five recruit in the country. I was a captain of top 16 team in the country. And all of a sudden that's taken away. And then I lost all my friends because I wasn't friends with anyone off of my team, really, because that's who I spent my life with. So I had no social life. I didn't know what to do. So I was on all these drugs. I was hallucinating. I was trying to control my life with food. So I lost a ton of weight. I was down to like 145 pounds. And I'm 6'1, so that's really not healthy. <laughs> and um that's when I met Christy, luckily. And so she had diagnosed me with the eating disorder and she started looking at what was bothering me. And she's very um intuitive eating, holistic, whole foods, don't eat packaged crap. So I started to transition into taking gluten and dairy out of my diet. And that was a huge change for me because you know that causes so much inflammation. And so that was kind of the beginning of me changing my lifestyle. And then I went vegan for a while and then I was vegetarian and I would get better with each change of a diet because I think I was somehow eliminating something that was bothering me. But being completely vegan and the grains at the time, it was just too much inflammation, I think. And I was just always hungry because I I think I still had my, you know, my 19 year old metabolism that was like, feed me. (laughs) Totally. So I I needed more, and then um, over time I found paleo, and that was a huge jump for me. That was the biggest change in my health because I was having I went off alcohol. I was paleo, so no sugar, no grains, no dairy, gluten. I was definitely eating a lot of meat, but at the time I think it was okay for me. Um, and then you know vegetables and limited amount of fruit, and so that that helped. But I over the last thirteen years I would. I would get to this point where I felt better and then I would kind of drop off and then I would get better and drop off. And then I would have these horrible flare-ups where I felt like I wanted to die and like a truck hit me and I just couldn't figure out where they were coming from. And I still don't know, but I dealt with the fibromyalgia diagnosis up until last year. And I heard you, I was listening to your podcast religiously because you and that's a retrograde and almost 30. So health and wellness Minded and conscious that I was learning so much. And I had never heard of a functional medicine doctor. And you had mentioned Dr. Lekos. And then that's when I reached out to you and emailed you. I'm like, I need help. Like, I know you're talking about this. Who can you recommend? And you sent me to him. And so last July, so it's been exactly a year, he told me I don't have fibromyalgia that I have Epstein Barr, which is the virus that you get when you have mono that no one tested me for.
0: Oh my God. For for 12 years? Yeah. That is insane. Mm -hmm.
1: And they all knew I had mono for eight months, every single doctor. And that's when all the problems started. When I had pneumonia, backed three, three, four months later, then with the mono. And no one ever thought Epstein-Barr, she has chronic fatigue. She's in pain. She doesn't digest well. She has headaches. Like, no one put the pieces together. And now looking back, I'm sure you feel the same way. I was like, duh.
0: Right. That is absurd to me. I feel like you don't even have to be a doctor to put those things together. If you know about autoimmune diseases at all, Mm -hmm. which I suppose a lot of people don't. Yeah.
1: I mean, it feels like they don't. And that's why talking to Dr. Legos, I mean, my first my first call with him, my consultation, that's supposed to be 15 minutes, we were on the phone for an hour because I'm telling him all this stuff. And he kept saying, this doesn't make
0: sense. I don't think you have fibromyalgia. I love the way he talks, by the way. I love him. He, he's the kind of doctor who, when I texted him and said, I have Lyme disease, he wrote, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, Kelly already told me. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> she broke the news. Yes. Um. Yeah. He was just like, you do not have fibromyalgia. You're so healthy what you're telling me is that you have Epstein-Barr and probably leaky gut, which I knew already. I had been treating myself for that for probably four years now, which is I was on the autoimmune protocol, which is a version of paleo, which is that also made the biggest difference. Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, who goes by paleo mom, I had read her website for years and reached out to her and she helped me on the autoimmune paleo approach. And that was so huge because That took out a lot of the fruit and took out the eggs and legumes and nuts and seeds and all these other things that were really inflammatory. And so then I put bone broth in and collagen. And so I started rebuilding. And so that made a huge difference. But when Dr. Liko said, You don't have fibromyalgia, I was like, Well, I don't understand how to live then because I've been living with this diagnosis for 12 years and everything I do is to treat fibromyalgia. So now what do I do? And so we went on a whole new regimen and, um, we tried to do everything holistically, and that wasn't really pushing it far enough. So I went on Valtrex, and I went on low dose Naltrexone, um, and the low dose Naltrexone was more specifically for me for the numbness because when I initially saw him, we thought I might have MS, which was really really scary. Um, and doing all like the brain scans and the the spinal scans and all of that, and luckily I don't have MS um, because it is really. It's really overwhelming if anyone listening has it, um, they understand, but we went through all the scans and, and I just realized with the Epstein bar, I wanted to be really aggressive. So I did do the medication route. Oh, the low dose naltrexone I was saying helps with the numbing. And so we thought that a numbing might be from the MS, but it wasn't, it just, it's basically my immune system living at this really like crazy level where it's on fire. And it's also just, it's kind of freaking out all the time.
0: Is that from Epstein bar?
1: Yeah. um, Just the inflammation in general is what he thinks is that it just, I was basically living with this chronic inflammation for so long that that was part of why the leg did what it did.
0: That makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And side note, remember the first day I took low-dose naltrexone? Oh God. And we met? (laughs) Yeah. And we met and I was like, I'm sorry. You in I just have to tell you, I can't speak. Like Words wouldn't come out of my mouth. And my brain was like, not functioning mm-hmm. it was so scary yeah so ldn affects yeah. people all in all different ways yeah. yeah
1: and and for people that are like what do you mean you're on low dose naltrexone they do use it for people coming off of like drugs and, right and overdoses People and that. overdosing in yeah. the er but uh-huh.
0: it is very low doses yeah. and I was on it for an allergy that we found to cat dander. Oh, right. Um, okay. By the way, everybody listening, there is construction happening in my building. So apologies.
1: Right outside the window. Apologies. <laughs>
0: However, it's like you're just sitting here with us. So yeah. it's okay. So the LDN, did that help with your numbness?
1: It helped a lot with the numbness and also with my sleeping. I don't know what it did, but it helped me sleep better. Um, and then the Valtrax. I don't know if it did anything. At the end of the day here's where I am. My Epstein-Barr numbers have not changed at all. And now I know I've had pneumonia for three months. And so I think that has been affecting the numbers because your body can only fight like one thing at a time. So if you're introducing pneumonia in when you have Epstein-Barr, your body's going to go fight the pneumonia first. It's going to like fight the newest thing apparently. So um, I think that's part of the problem. I don't know... I took the Valtrex for four months and I I did feel better. So I can't say that it didn't help, but my numbers didn't change. And so now I'm doing the ozone therapy that you're doing. And I've done two now. I'm doing a third tomorrow. Um, and I've definitely felt better from that. I also had really horrible Herx reactions like yours. I know you were down for about a week after. Mine aren't as bad, but mine are about three days where I just feel so tired and all I want to do is sleep, and I'm definitely in pain, um, but I think that's helping too. And then I just finished antibiotics, begrudgingly, I did not want to take them, but you have to kill the pneumonia. So I just finished those on Sunday. So I'm hoping that pneumonia's gone, and now my body can just focus on the Epstein bar. But it has been a journey, and back in December is when my body shut down again, like I was saying, the feeling like a truck hit you, and that's why I took five months off social media off work. I ended up quitting my job. And I just couldn't handle it. I was sleeping 16 hours a day for three months and I was non-functioning. I was super depressed. I was in a lot of pain and I just couldn't handle it anymore.
0: All right, guys, just a brief interruption from this episode with Kelly Tennant to tell you about our... Third sponsor for today's episode, Hum Nutrition. So if you've followed me for a while, then you might know Hum is one of my longtime favorite brands to support and to use in my everyday life. They are a beauty supplement company and let me tell you a couple things about them that make them stand out from all of the rest of similar supplement brands, or should I say not so similar, but maybe from the outside, they look that way. So this is what makes Hum really special. They have premium quality. All of their vitamins are made to the highest quality standards, surpassing all of the strictest regulations. They're recommended by leading nutritionists, and you can also work with registered nutritionists on their website to figure out what supplements are best for you and what your imbalances are. They have, like I said, the free personal personal nutritionist included. They have free shipping over $50, which is awesome. They have very easy returns. And this is what's important to me. They're sustainably sourced, pure and potent, gluten-free, non-GMO, and clinically proven. So there's tons of research backing all of their dip- different supplements. So last time I told you guys all about how I take the daily cleanse and it really assists me with detoxing from Lyme and mold Mold poisoning, which are two things I never thought I would be dealing with because of my healthy lifestyle, but oh yes, I am. I certainly am. So let's talk about a different supplement today that I love from Hum, and it's called the Here Comes the Sun. It's vitamin D three without the UV damage, so it's perfectly dosed. The ingredients are super clean. It's literally just Vitamin D3, as clean as can be. I think there's a little bit of extra virgin olive oil in there as well. And for those of us who are deficient in vitamin D, which is an estimated 1 billion people worldwide, including myself, you will find that this will up your energy levels and give you that extra boost because without vitamin D, we really don't have adequate energy to get through the day. And unless you're baking in the sun all the time, which is really not beneficial for other reasons, as we know, then you're probably among the roughly billion people worldwide who have that vitamin D deficiency. But if you're interested in trying other supplements and not just my favorites, then head over to humnutrition.com and use the code SOUL, that's S-O-U-L, at checkout for 20% off of your first order with them. They have omegas, they have calcium, they have so many great things. I really highly recommend them. want you to check them out. So head over, humnutrition.com, use the code SOUL, and get that rad discount. And now back to our episode with Kelly. Oh my God, your story. <laughs> its there, There's so many things that jump out to me about your story. And before I say what all those things are, because I know myself and I would say so much. Um, <laughs> I first want to say I am so impressed with your approach that you that you've taken so recently starting in december because that is one of the hardest things to do ever and everybody listening to this podcast will know that i say stuff all the time like i need to slow down it's really time for me to take some time off to slow down to only do solo episodes i can't keep i can't keep all this up this is too much but it's so hard to to do that um even when i got like two months ahead and I was able to take two months off. It wasn't really, I wasn't really taking two months off. I was still kind of doing most things every day, just from Bali. (laughs) And so everybody listening, I'm sure can relate like to say that you're going to slow down versus to actually slow down are two very different things. Mm -hmm. And you actually did that. And I want you to tell us a little bit about what that was like. Oh my god, the drilling! This drilling the drilling is amazing. I, I my greatest apologies to everyone's ears. Hopefully, it doesn't pick up as much as yeah. as we're hearing it. Tell us about what that was like. I know I'm like laughing so hard. I think they're they're literally building like a massive jacuzzi, and then it's worth it. Yeah, hashtag worth it. Hashtag worth it. <laughs> and they're they're welding like all sorts of of. Um, gates and things. So tell us what that was like for you, because I know you and Bruce kind of mentioned this at dinner the other night that it was really hard for him, which I can totally imagine given that I'm in a pretty similar position with my relationship. So tell us what that was like. And we'll just pretend like there isn't background noise. So it was was really hard.
1: And I think in terms of the way it affected Bruce, I think he was in a relationship for a year prior to this happening with someone who was so busy, that was so driven, that was so um, that felt better. And I mean, I was working out every day. I was pretty hardcore. Um, I could do what I wanted. I wasn't on as strict of a diet because I had been feeling better. You know, I was working out at the human garage all the time, and then I was at work every night, whether it was Lakers, Dodgers, Galaxy, Sparks, till eleven o'clock at night. So we didn't really spend that much time together because I was just not home and he was working at Orange Theory. And, and then we lived together. Yeah. And we we moved in together in December when this happened. So that was probably not the best timing on my part to be like,
0: you need to move in. Hashtag same, yeah, exact, right, exact. The the thickest I've ever been. Uh huh. Now, like, let's move. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that is one of the hardest things to do in the whole world. So,
1: I think for him, it was adjusting to coming home every day. I hadn't moved off the couch for seven hours, and he would come home from work and be like, "How are you?" And I was so depressed. I was so sad. I was in pain. I was like tired. I. probably was just not a joy to be around by any means. And for anyone to come home every day to that, that freaking gets old. And he was such a champ. like He did his best. And I think I really threw a curveball at him on having to deal with that. And I also... He had never seen me that bad before. I had been that bad in my life, but he had never experienced it. So I just don't think he knew what to do. He didn't know what I needed. He didn't know like how to communicate with me because we had never been in that scenario. And I didn't know what to ask him for because my gut reaction is like, push people away and just like leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be around you. And I would just call my mom and cry. And that was kind of how I dealt with things. And when you're in a relationship and living with someone, it's a different scenario. So, I think that was probably the hardest part for him. I didn't know what I was going to do. And then I quit my job in March. And he, I'm sure he's thinking, like, What do you mean you're quitting your job? And what are you doing now? And I had been talking about the podcast. But as you know, when you start a podcast, there's no money in it. Like I'm paying for everything. And so he's like, You're paying to have a job, <laughs> you know? And so I'm still trying to figure it out. But once I, I started working for Amazon Prime doing the AVP, and so I've been traveling since the middle of May. And so making that transition to working again, and I'm not home as much, and I'm busy, and I'm super passionate, and I'm really happy. And even though I don't feel great, I'm a lot better. And so I'm able to do what I love and do what I want. Um, so I think it was, just, it, was a really, it was a really good learning experience for us to try and figure out how to communicate and what we wanted and how to support each other. And so I'm really glad we went through it because I've been in fairy tale relationships that are so fake and they revolve around very material things or you never really get down and dirty with someone. It's all like this like fake happiness. And I, I want to spend the rest of my life with him. So I, I never wanted us to be in that fake happiness. I wanted him to experience me at my worst and him at his worst. And how do we help each other and cope? And I think we did that. Mm-hmm.
0: I love all of that. That's so beautiful and I relate to every single part of it, especially cuz I think it's really it's really hard for men to I mean, I hate to generalize like that, but I think this is true. That it's really hard for men to not know what not not have any direction about how to help. Mm-hmm. They just want to help and fix things and make things better. And that's how it's been very much with Jonathan and me being sick.
1: When you, when he goes, sorry to cut you off, but I'm just curious, when you go to the doctor, does he say, let me come with you? Or do you say, I need you to go with me?
0: I need you to go with me. Uh And
1: what's his response?
0: Of course, or um, really? (laughs) I go to the doctor in the middle of the day on the weekdays. So that's really hard for him, given that like, Jonathan and Bruce work at the same place and they're they're so busy with their schedules. Um he would put anything aside to come with me if it was extremely important. But to me, like every single week that I go, I do ozone every week and I do a lot of other things every week which has me there like at least 3 days a week. All of that is important to me. And like my parents are moving here so that I don't ever have to do that alone. And I would hate to put the full pressure on Jonathan to like come do that as his then, you know, second full time job. But it's important to me to have him there once in a while because he needs to see the process. Like, this is what we do. This is why I'm in bed for like at least three days after I do ozone and all this other stuff. Cause it's not just ozone, it's like vitamin IVs and rectal ozone and nasal ozone and B12 shots and laying on a bio mat. And like, that's, I mean, sometimes it's like a nine to five day of Mm -hmm. treatment, just like you, you do too. So having him there has been helpful. Like when he's been able to come and no, he's definitely not the type to say like, Oh, you have a doctor's appointment. I'll come with you. I actually had to teach him to ask me how the appointment went um and he was like really? Well, I I didn't know that you were supposed to ask someone how the doctor was and it's so funny because we come from two totally different planets when it comes to that partially the male and female thing but partially as he always reminds me like no one in his family was ever sick um his mom has told me and like I love his mom we're super close um, Anna's dad but she's she's told me that she's never been sick like in her whole life and that's also kind of because like her mom was like psychosomatically always sick and so they're just actually when you dive into it like a whole history there mm-hmm. which I don't even know if Jonathan like knows but that's the right. way I look into things
1: yeah
0: and so he he said and this is so funny well I might have told you this already but like the only health problems I've ever had are dandruff. And um, what was the other one? Lactose intolerance. Yeah, you
1: said that at dinner the yeah. other night and I'm like, must be nice. Buddy. Right. Yeah.
0: Literally. <laughs> I'm like, you do have a really bad cat allergy. That's like worse <laughs> than those other things. But, um, no, he doesn't know. And whereas I, um, grew up sick and, um, it's not that like anybody in my family was ever really sick because they weren't um, other than my sister has like a really similar autoimmune disease to the one that I have. But hers has been like such a battle and she has kids and like this happened all after she had kids and she had to quit her job. And like, it's just like hers is so bad, but she's so different than me. She doesn't talk about it or Like, ask for help, even though I think most days she's like 10,000 times more worse off than I am in terms of how she feels. But yeah, just being like a female, I think you just like think about those things more often. And if I have like a family member or a close friend who's really sick, I would go 10,000 times out of my way to ask, like, how the appointments are going and how are you feeling and how can I help. But Once I told Jonathan, like, it means a lot to me that you acknowledge, like, what I'm doing and ask me how it's going and 10,000 trillion other things because, like, I need a lot. Because we're Um, very high maintenance.
1: (laughs) But we don't care. Yeah.
0: Then he does that. And, like, he takes direction very well. And it's just night and day. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Well, I think this... The reason I asked you that is because Bruce
1: and I actually had this exact conversation at dinner last night. And I I brought you and Jonathan up as an example because you're, you're my closest friend that also has very similar issues. And so you tend to be my example for things um, because no one else gets it. I'm like, well, Jordan and Jonathan, blah, blah, blah. No,
0: I bring you guys up yeah, too.
1: But I said to him... I don't know, we were talking about the doctor or something. And I... Oh, we were talking about you guys moving in together. And I was like, I'm so excited to get to go be on the podcast and see her place and whatever. And um, And I said something about how great Jonathan is with going to the doctor with you and all these things. And I don't remember what his response was, but I just said something to the effect of, I would really love for you to go to the doctor with me or offer to go to the doctor with me. And he looked at me like I was speaking a foreign language. And... <laughs> I
0: can just picture this. Can you see Ruth's face?
1: (laughs) And he is the sweetest, most loving, amazing man on the planet. I love him so much. He treats me like a queen and just loves me to death. Um, Sometimes so much it's overwhelming. I'm like, what do I do with this? Totally. So I I have to preface it with that because it's not that he doesn't want to be there and support me. He just doesn't even think to offer. He's like, well, why would you want me to go to the doctor with you? (laughs) He's like, I can't do anything (laughs) for you. And I'm like,
0: it's right. not always about
1: It's doing not something. about that. It's not about, I don't need you to diagnose me. You know, I don't need you to like put the needle in my arm for my IV. I need you to just be there to support me because this is a really hard thing. And I want you there. And I also said, I know you're so busy. So I know you're basically not going to be able to come with me like ever because I too go in the middle of the day because I too host a podcast and have whatever time I want to do this. I said, I just want you to offer. I want. I want to know that you care. And that is a sign that you care for me. The same as when I get home and you say, how was your day? How was the show? How was whatever it is? The way you do that, I want you to do that in this way too. And I think this speaks to the conversation. And I think it's so important to teach young women. This is communicating what you need in a loving way, not attacking them, not being like, what do you mean you don't understand? Or what do you mean you don't want to go to the doctor? I don't actually need him at the doctor, right? Like I can be fine by myself. But knowing that he is willing to be there or willing to ask, do you need this? That's something that you sometimes have to teach people because he didn't grow up like that. Whereas I grew up, my mom was always there and she would drive up when I was sick at USC and drive to LA for every doctor's appointment I had. I could go. I'm 19 years old, but she wanted to be there and know that I had family and support. And so I think it's just such an important conversation to have. Just like I want him to tell me what he needs and what he wants, because otherwise you're pretending like they are supposed to know what you want or they're supposed to read your mind. And that's not fair. And how are you ever supposed to have good communication or a good relationship when that's how you communicate?
0: Yes, I 1000% agree. And to add to that, if you don't communicate what you need, it will just build up and build up and build up. And then you will say it in a way that is not loving. And that is hard for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with us a few days ago because there's so many moving parts to being so sick. And if you communicated every single thing that you needed and wanted, like, you'd be talking for seven days straight and at least for me like there's so much and if your partner like has never been sick and doesn't doesn't get it like sometimes you just have to choose what you say and you have to say it very very articulately or else it would just fall flat right or else you'd just be talking in circles trying to find ways to get it across to them mm-hmm. which has happened too and we had just moved in here like i mean we've only slept here 3 nights and the moving process has been insane so we woke up here after sleeping here for the first night but i didn't sleep because i have raging insomnia from being so sick and the stimulation of like a different environment. We don't have our blinds yet. So, it was so bright. Like I didn't sleep at all. And we woke up that morning and we had so much to do. We had only moved like 25% of things. Mm-hmm. And so Jonathan is like, okay, like, let's get up. Let's, let's go to the farmer's market. Let's go to Erwan. Let's go back to my place. Let's go back to your place. Let's get all the stuff and we'll keep moving. And then like, Uh, Then my parents are coming here at four and then we'll go to dinner and then we'll go back to my place and cart more stuff. And I was like, you don't understand me at all. And I mean, this was not his fault at all. It's like, I've been struggling to find the words that he needs to hear for him to understand how I feel. Because there are really good days. Like you said, and the day that we moved, like I just powered through on adrenaline and it was like, what, like a 16 hour day on my feet. And I did that. But like the next day, I can't do that again, even though it's moving. I get it. Like it has to be done. But basically I was just so overwhelmed. I was like upset about a bunch of different things. And I just started like hissing hysterically crying so hard I couldn't even talk and of course he felt awful but I finally I finally found the words because I was saying to him like I just want you to acknowledge how much I did yesterday because like I know that you like moved all of our really large furniture and I didn't do that obviously I didn't carry like beds and dressers and stuff from West Hollywood to Brentwood. I Didn't do that. But it doesn't mean that I didn't like move and pack and wasn't on my feet for like 16 hours. And that is a huge deal for me. It's the most physical exertion I've done in six months. And like, can you just acknowledge that maybe I can't, you know, maybe I, that was too much for me. And you don't know that because you don't know how I feel. I was so hysterical. And he was like, I don't get it. I don't get why would want me to say that why why would you want me to say that that doesn't make you like I can't make you better I why like why does saying that matter and so then I had to like completely like reframe everything I was saying and say uh, basically like what I need from you is and this is what you can do and this will make me feel better is to just like notice and acknowledge when i've given 10 times more energy than i should have and like make me feel like i'm not alone in this because i feel so alone because no nobody else feels this way like you're going to get up and go to work and live your very normal life and i'm not because i can't so like we are on two we're just living two totally different lifestyles right now and you have to remember that and he's like, I do. I think about it all the time. I know that all the time. So basically, it was like, it was horrible. But after I sobbed my head off for 30 minutes, I really did feel a lot better. And then I had to, I just had to tell him, this is what I need from you. And then he was so happy because if if he's given a task and he does it well, like he's so happy and he's like, Doing his job as a boyfriend so well, and that's what makes him happy. He, he like Bruce, like treats me like a queen, and if I don't tell him what I need, then he can't do that. and then he's like, "Are you serious? Like you didn't even tell me that I should do that. It's well, hard. And I think the difference
1: for us versus them is we need to be seen and heard in a very different way than they do. And the acknowledgement. And have you ever read the Five Love Languages book?
0: Of course. Yeah. Jonathan it's- jokes that I made him read that within like three weeks of starting our relationship. Oh my
1: god. Well, <laughs> I would give anything for Bruce to read that.
0: <laughs> Bruce, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, we have a reading material yeah. for you. But I think that it's important to know
1: the other person's love language, know your own, know the way they need to be acknowledged, seen, heard, whatever that is, because I'm the same as you. I need to cry to get to the next step. So Bruce's Bruce thinking is, there's an issue. Let me go fix it. Mine is, there's an issue. Let me cry. Now I'm going to go fix it. I can't get to the fix it stage until I cry. And he, his brain doesn't work like that. So it, our approach to dealing with stuff is just so different. And while I'm crying, I want to be seen and heard and acknowledged and held. And then like let's come together and come up with a plan. So I think that it's just goes back to the communication of saying what you need and being open and honest and understanding that the other person is coming from a different angle. And it's not about being right or wrong. It's just about having that open dialogue and letting that be okay. And it's always going to be a work in progress. I mean, I'm 30 and he's 28 and we're just in the beginning. And I have a feeling this is going to continue for the next however many years. Right. And that's okay.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan's going to be 32 in a few days, but I tell him every day, he's much more like a seven and a half year old. He just is. He's like, if there was to pick an age that Jonathan is, it would be seven and a half. Because like, he is like a little kid. Like if you tell him what to do, I mean, no. And he's like a full functioning adult and he's amazing. But he has this side of him as like everybody does. And you have to kind of look at them that way. Like, no, I need to tell you so that you... So that you know, and then you do it and like, we're proud and yay, but it is, it's just a learning experience and they want to be there for us and they are there for us. And it's, it's hard for everybody. And I still recognize that, like, even though we're, you know, talking about this now. And it's so great because we can both relate to this and probably a ton of people listening can. Like, we also know that they're doing the absolute best that they can. And this is a really hard situation. And it takes a really strong saint of a man to be with someone who's really sick and like not leave them.
1: It's. I get a lot of messages from young girls on Instagram that always ask me for advice if they're sick and they're with someone that doesn't understand or a guy that doesn't treat them well, and they're dealing with a lot of health issues. And I use Bruce as my example now because he's such an incredible boyfriend and he's always there. And when I ask for what I need, he always is so amazing at providing that and supporting me. And I didn't have that a lot when I was first sick. I had a boyfriend when I first got sick who told me I was crazy and making it up and would like ignore me and tell me I was psycho. Right? And I think so many, especially in your early 20s, that's what we deal with. And I always tell them, if you're not with someone who is taking care of you and loving you and understanding what you're going through, walk away because that is not a healthy relationship. And you can only try and explain yourself so many times and be honest about what you're going through. And if they can't understand that, then it's not a place for you to be because that unhealthy relationship and that stress will add to your sickness. And that's not okay.
0: It will add to your sickness and it will only make you sicker. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I was with someone before Jonathan that was the same thing. He thought that I was a hypochondriac. And every time I went to any doctor, he was like, oh, another doctor. You're just going to listen to what they tell you to do. And you're going to think it's going to work. And like, it's all in your head. It's like, no, you are so not an evolved person. And you can't even try to have compassion for something that you don't understand. And if you're with someone who Has compassion, and even though they don't feel what you feel, are completely willing to give you what you need and support you and be there for you and understand that this is a season of your life. And I'm always reminding Jonathan and myself that, like, I'm not gonna be this sick person forever. Like, when we were in Laguna and I was having the worst health day that I've had in so long, and I could barely walk up the stairs, like, I was like a 95-year-old and there were like elderly people passing us on the stairs and I was just standing there like this is this is hell and so mad at myself for for putting myself through that like I didn't have to be there. I was telling him like this is not going to be me forever. You know you know who I am when I'm healthy. And he's like, "I know." Like he didn't, he doesn't, I need to hear that. Yeah. He doesn't question
1: it. It's you that questions it. You're insecure about it because you feel bad and you want to be healthy and you want to be the person you know you can be, but you're not. And then it's scary. And you're like, well, shit, am I going to be like this forever? There's like a little piece of you and piece of me that's always nervous about that. Like, well, what if this ozone doesn't work? Or what if, what if I, I have Lyme and I didn't know it for how many years, you know, like all these little things come up and I think they're more stable and like, get it and have better perspective than than yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. He's
0: like I, I absolutely know that you're not going to be sick forever. I was like, "Okay, good. I hope that it, I I hope that that's true and I know that it is." So, what have you found that has helped you the most, like helped you just manage your symptoms the most and live your life to the fullest with energy?
1: I think it's gone in season. So, I mentioned I've changed my diet a lot and I think each one of those seasons that specific lifestyle or diet has been really helpful. But most recently, I think the Ayurveda has made the biggest difference. I said, I'm going on like day 20 to 25. Yeah.
0: Oh, the best place in the whole world. Whole world.
1: And I think Marta, the woman who runs it, the doctor there, she, not only is she freaking brilliant, like just beyond your wildest dreams. She has just this incredible energy about her where you just feel really taken care of and understood. And when you're on that table and she's checking your pulse to figure out what treatment to give you, there's never a time in my life where I feel more understood and more taken care of because there's nothing where she's like, oh yeah, I don't know. There's an oil or an herb for everything. Always. Always. I'm like, oh, my back
0: hurts. She's like, let me whip you up
1: an oil. I know. Oh my God.
0: Are you Vata?
1: I'm or, Pitta.
0: Oh, you're Pitta. Well, I I am too.
1: I'm like very Pitta. I know you're two doshas though. Like you're yeah. a mix, right? Or yeah. you can be all three. I don't know what my other is. Yeah, she's never told me.
0: Well, it it also goes to like which one is out of balance. Yeah, and do you have a Pitta dominance, and I think we both do. Yeah. Um, hence the pindas, which yeah. are such an uncomfortable treatment, but they really work. They do. I. So for the first time during my five-day panchakarma last week, for the first time ever, she checked my pulse and said, oh, you don't have excess heat. <gasps> you don't have to do a pinda today. Yes! And you can do an oil shiodara for the first time ever because I've always done cocoa. Yeah. yeah. Which have you ever done oil?
1: Yes. I started out with oil. Then we basically done cocoa for the last like 15 treatments. So... I'm curious to see where I am. I think a lot of the heat is gone from my body. But one thing I've noticed and the reason Ayurveda has been so transformative is because, you know, I was so judgy on you being a vegan in your past life and now coming back to being plant-based. I feel the best when I'm freaking vegetarian, vegan, which is so Isn't
0: that so funny? funny? And we were both so hardcore paleo keto for a while. And I think, and look, I could go back to it. It's the same way you
1: say. I don't want to label myself I don't ever want to say I'm a vegan, I'm paleo, I'm keto. I don't ever want to do that because it depends on where my body is. Right now, every time I have meat, I smell so bad. And I don't tell people this. This is the first time I've ever said this to someone other That's than Bruce. No, so interesting. I reek. Like I smell like I haven't showered in months. My armpits, it's like I can't even explain it. Yeah,
0: that is toxins. Yeah. That's just your body. Telling you this is toxic mm-hmm. to you yep. right now and you shouldn't have it in
1: your yeah. body. And so I tell I I keep going back and eating meat because unfortunately right now I'm in such a crazy travel schedule that every two weeks I'm gone for a week doing the AVP and then I record my podcast on the road in every city I go to. And when you know, when you're on the road and you're traveling, one, you're more lax because you're not going to Erewhon every day and cooking in your own kitchen. So we go out to like team dinners and I'm having a steak or I'm having a glass of wine or whatever it is. And I smell so bad every trip when I get back. And I also get a cold every time. And I know it's because I'm eating food that doesn't agree with my system. And every time I come home, I'm basically a vegan when I am home. And then when I do Syria, because you have to be, I feel so much better. And so I'm fighting it so hard because I just I've been a meat eater my whole life. And I'm like, I cannot be a vegan. Are you kidding me? And it's just so so funny, funny. but I think it's just, it's made me feel so much better. And for right now, this is just how I eat. And luckily Bruce is like, I love when you cook vegan meals, which is so funny because he's such a meat eater too. No,
0: I love that. I think it's, I like the way that Marta approaches it, our Ayurvedic doctor, because she says, that um, basically only eat animal products when you need to, mm-hmm. and so like if you're craving meat, like you probably need it. Or if you're if you ha- if you're on the road and like that's the only option, but when you have the choice and when uh, you don't need it, like always choose the plant option. Yeah. basically. Well, and I
1: think it's it's being smart about what you're cooking and what you're putting together. It gets boring, like. Right. I, I don't want to have the same thing every day. So it's about being creative and looking up different recipes and finding different places that you can eat, finding restaurants where you can have something that you like and enjoy and that tastes good. And I'm not there yet on the vegetable side of things. Cause I know, I know every good restaurant in LA, but they're all meat heavy. And so I just have to like shift my focus and realize that if that's what makes me feel better, As well as not drinking and not having caffeine and all of those things, then that's what I have to do.
0: Yeah. And when you're putting your health first, like those things become very secondary. Mm -hmm. That's what I try to tell people when people ask me, how could you ever be plant based again after your story, after your veganism and eating disorder and the labels? And I thought you were label free. And what I tell people and myself is that, like, when you're when you're sick and you're trying to get better and you just want to feel healthy and have energy again that all of that is very secondary it's not even secondary it's like 10 notches down like i i do believe in the label label free life but i also like i'm not making food decisions the way that i once did when i did have more of an eating disorder mentality right now food is about like what's going to make me feel better, reduce my inflammation, give me energy and nourish me, and also like allow me to sleep and allow me to move throughout my day and taste good yes, but like it's not about like yes, I have lost a lot of weight again being plant-based but I don't even think about that the way that I used to mm-hmm. that used to be the main focus now it's like oh I didn't even notice because nothing really matters when you can't get out of bed anyway.
1: Well, I think I had a conversation with my girlfriend when I was in Chicago and I said that I was doing Ayurveda and it's very carb and vegetable heavy and you don't eat meat and the whole thing. And And she said, oh, well, I couldn't do that because she really wants to go to Surya. But she said, I can't do that because, you know, I need to have like lean protein and I want to look a certain way and I'm trying to bulk and I'm trying to build muscle. And I just looked at her and I said, do you want to be healthy or do you want to look a certain way? And she was like, oh shit. (laughs) And it's true because for me, especially being on TV, I had an eating disorder at 19 that lasted for a while. And then being on television, it's such a, it's all about how you look and you're wearing tight dresses and people are constantly judging you on, oh, you're fat, you're skinny, you're this, you're that. And they're constantly commenting on your appearance. And so I have been so vain for so long because that has been my focus. I want to look a certain way. I have to have this muscle and whatever. And now, I mean, I eat almost all carbs all the time, and I'm definitely not as muscular or toned as I was. But that's not what matters now. Like, I have to know that if I feel better and I'm healthier, but I'm not, you know, I don't have a six pack or whatever, which I never had a six pack, but whatever, you know what I mean? Then that's what matters. Like, that has to be the choice you make. You can't worry about a muscle looking a certain way when you feel like crap. So I'm supposed to eat red meat because I need to look a certain way, but then I feel awful and that's my trade-off. That doesn't make sense to me anymore. It's not worth right, it.
0: Right. It's entirely different. It's entirely different. And I couldn't agree more. And people said that to me with the water fast too. Like, oh, you you must be doing that because you want to lose weight or because you have this history with eating disorders. And to me, that was like foreign to even hear people say that because it had nothing to do Anything appearance based, it, it. I couldn't even believe that you know, like strangers are always going to impart their opinions. And having a public lifestyle, you sign yourself up for that. So I don't take it too personally. But there were a few messages I got that I did take personally because people just attack and attack and attack, and they clearly are not the ones who know what it's like to not be able to get out of bed in the morning when like I was doing a water fast to reduce inflammation, to hopefully get that full body rash to disappear so that I wasn't itching 24 seven and awake 24 hours a day because of the itching, hopefully to get my fibroid shrunk, which it didn't. And I learned that yesterday. It's actually grown like I thought. So I'm actually having surgery in September Oh, um. I'm so it's a so whole sorry. other thing. But my doctor basically told me this should be the least of your worries. With everything else going on, fibroid surgery is not a big deal. Very minimally invasive. You're going to feel so much better. So, <laughs>
1: when they do that surgery, does it mean that it won't come back?
0: No. Okay. It doesn't. It it, there, it depends on so many factors. Like some people are genetically predisposed to getting fibroids. Some people or are, are Hormonally predisposed because you might have really high levels of estrogen, which grows fibroids, or some people just have bad luck. That's what my doctor said. Mm-hmm. Um, and many people just have one or two. And um, so I'm gonna get an MRI beforehand to see if there's any others that are like hiding in different places. But he showed me the ultrasound. Like, it is so weird to see. Cause like on an ultrasound, The uterus is pretty small. Yeah. Pretty small looking. The fibroid is monstrous. Oh,
1: geez. Like,
0: I was freaking out. And he was like, no, it's only because you're looking at it relative to the uterus. But it's big.
1: You're like, yeah, I am. It's
0: (laughs) seven centimeters by seven centimeters. Wow. So to get that out, like, I think I'm going to feel so much better. I think it pushes he said it definitely pushes on my lower back because mm-hmm. mine is on the back side of my uterus. Mm. It pushes on my bladder, which like I don't always notice, but I think lately I've been getting up in the middle of the night more and more often to go to the bathroom, which interrupts your sleep. And not to mention it sits on top of like all your digestive organs, which messes with digestion. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to feel a lot better. Yeah. But those were my reasons for doing the water fast. Right. So for people to assume that it was for anything appearance based, I feel like a different person than I was five years ago when I was focusing so much on controlling my life through food.
1: And I think that it goes back to the season conversation. We go through seasons in our lives and things are going to change and evolve. And you can't tell me that any one person in the world doesn't have the same experience. You believe something at 20 that you don't believe at 30 because you have more life experience. So you may have been eating meat for five years, but then you learn something new or something is invented that you didn't know before, or you're introduced to Ayurveda, which was never a part of your life. And you think, oh, well, maybe this could help. And then it does. And so it changes what you believed before that doesn't mean you're wrong. That doesn't mean that what you believe before is wrong. It's just where you are now. And that's what helps now. It's not to say that in five years, you can't go back to what you used to do, or you can't introduce something that you used to have and you feel okay with it. I think that's what people have to understand is it's a constant, like open and closing door, always evolving, always changing.
0: So true because we're humans and we're always evolving and to remain one same exact way for your whole life that would not be interesting that would not be growth you would still be at your old job you'd still be really sick and you're evolving so much you have your podcast you have your dream show you're getting healthy you're in an amazing relationship you're moving also and always always introducing new things and i'm just feeling like i'm already so much happier in this new space mm-hmm. and if we always hold on to the old things in our life, we just can't, we can't move forward.
1: Yeah, I think being able to shed energy, shed people, shed experiences. And there, um, Howard Wills, who's a healer that works with Marta at Serious Spa. I went to one of his um, ceremonies and he talks a lot about forgiving experiences and people so that you can move forward. Like forgiving them, allowing them to forgive you. And he does all these prayers and they're almost kind of like, prayer mantras that you say, and it allows you to move forward and step out of that. And that's been a big thing for me because I've had different experiences in my life where I felt like I need to step out of this and I need to forgive and feel like I've been forgiven. And I think that's probably what this space is for you and what my new apartment is like. I want to, to step into that new life and have that breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I felt like I didn't want to bring anything with me. Yep. And I haven't like I haven't even brought my clothes because I'm almost thinking I'm going to bring nothing. Like every time I go back to my old place to bring a couple things over here, like that soap, for example, and just like really small essential items. I look at my other stuff and I don't think I'm going to bring hardly anything because mm-hmm. also my apartment was infested with mold. So it's not even safe for me to bring a lot of stuff. I can bring clothes because I can wash them in borax, which is what you have to do. Lovely. if there's mold, yeah. But I don't know. I love the idea of starting fresh and starting over. So tell everybody, since we have to wrap up so that I can go to go Ozone to the yep. Um, where they can find you, your new podcast, yes. what it's all about, the fact that you've already interviewed like 40 people, <laughs> which seriously blew me to pieces. I was like, are you? Kidding
1: me? Yeah, but I've been doing this for a living for a long time. So I know, I know. You have. You're, okay. you're like
0: a professional interviewer already. Um, but still, I yeah, mean, thanks. who starts a podcast with that many interviews? I know. Somebody who loves it. Yeah. And somebody who's good at it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been really fun. So um, the podcast is the platform podcast, which is not on every platform yet, but I'm hoping by the time this episode comes out, you can listen to it everywhere. Right now it's just on Apple podcast. Um That's the best place to be. It anyway. is, obviously. And then um my Instagram, my personal Instagram is Kelly M tenant, like Kelly Michelle. And then my Um, My work one for the platform is this is the platform and the website is thisistheplatform.com. And the website's really cool because it houses all of the the podcast interviews with videos from each podcast because we film everything. So there's many videos that go along with it. Yeah. And then it also has a whole non-toxic retail shop. So all of my favorite products are there. So you can click on them. It'll tell you about them and then you can shop them as well. Um, and I just wanted to create this really big educational component about non-toxic healthy living, because that's been a big part of my life as well as yours. And I think more people need to know about it and also have access to it. And people always ask me, what do you use for this? What do you use for that? Now it's all going to be housed in one place. And I can also support so many amazing women who have created and founded these companies and these products by putting them there and then interviewing on, them on the podcast as well. So I'm really excited about that.
0: I'm so excited about your podcast. Thank I'm you. So over the moon about it. We have to
1: schedule your interview now. I know. Now. <laughs> I know. Reschedule
0: because <laughs> yes. I am literally the queen. This is why I'm so bad <laughs> of rescheduling things. It's and that, okay. that's why I only go on someone's podcast if I like love the shit out of them and and because it's fun, but because I know myself and when you only have so much energy to give, it is freaking mm-hmm. it is a lot. Yeah. And I but I'm so excited to come on. Like I want to do it any like as soon as possible. Yes. I'm I can't so wait. excited. <laughs> so um okay what when we get off, I want you to tell me how you decided on the name the platform? Yes. Well, no, no, tell us now, tell us now. Um fast.
1: I just I was going through so a million different names and I basically just wanted something that could house everything that I want to do, the podcast, the non-toxic retail website, and I have a lot of other idea to, ideas for educational components I want to create, so it needed to be a name that could go across the board, and I always said from a young age I wanted to be famous and have a platform so I could help people, and so this is the platform.
0: This is the platform. <laughs> and if you were a color, what color would you be, Kelly? Oh,
1: I think I would be blue. I love when you ask people this. I always think of my answer, but I think I'd be blue. I love the ocean because I am Pitta. I need like that balancing energy of the ocean and it's always brought me a lot of peace. And so whenever I think of like trying to be peaceful and calm, it's always blue.
0: That's so beautiful. Thank I you. love that. And of course, now the noise stops. I know. Like <laughs> It's okay. Always, no matter what. <laughs> but hopefully everybody listening didn't hear it too much. Yeah. Thank you for being Thank here. You. You're the best. You're the ever. best. I love everybody you. go listen to Kelly's podcast. Yay. Brand new. Give her some female followers yes, because please. she has a really, really high male audience because of her years in sports My past television. Life. <laughs> yeah, your past <laughs> life. So definitely just go find a new amazing person to follow. Thank Kelly. you. Mwah. Love you. Love you. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode with the beautiful Kelly Tennant. I didn't really think I could be more obsessed with her before we did this. Interview, but after we did, I can safely say that I am. I feel so lucky that Orange Theory brought us together of all things. So thank you, Jonathan, love of my life, for making that one happen. And I'm just so happy. I love the relationship between Kelly and Bruce. And I'm really glad that we got to talk about what it's like to be in relationship when you have a chronic illness because that's a whole entire journey in itself as many of you probably understand from your own life but if you don't then hopefully this conversation maybe opened your eyes to some of the vulnerable conversations that have to take place when you're sick and when you're dealing with all sorts of issues that occur normal quote unquote. <laughs> what is normal? Anyway, um, healthy young person should never have to deal with. Especially people like Kelly who take such incredible care of their bodies. Um she's currently in a panchakarma karma the the at the time of recording. So I mean I really hope that she's getting some relief and finding some detox and calm then for her body because she deserves it so thank you guys for listening to this episode definitely go support kelly on the platform podcast and her new instagram this is the platform she's also kelly m tenant on her personal instagram so beyond all of that i'll just remind you quickly about our sponsors since we chatted and chatted and who knows you may not remember about the intro so we had four sigmatic Omax3 and Hum Nutrition as our amazing sponsors of this episode. All three of them offer incredible discounts. So head to the show notes for those. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to the Soul on Fire Podcast Tribe on. Facebook to join the tribe, hang out, meet some friends from all over the world, stay up to date on my events, which there are very few and far between, but I do have a couple coming up and to just talk more about the, the topics that we talk about on this show, all things health and wellness related. So head over there, Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook, and if you're feeling inspired, to rate and review the show then head over to itunes leave a rating and review which seems kind of hard sometimes but it only takes like five minutes and i value your time very much so if you take the time to do that Then email me a screenshot of your rating and review to jordan at thebalanceblonde.com and I will send you my blogging tips and tricks document that I send to everyone as a thank you to rate and review the podcast. So, thank you. I hope everyone is having just the most beautiful, soul on fire inspired day. I'm hanging out in my kitchen, like I said in the intro. And I am excited to show you guys my new space so soon. I'm so in love with it. It sets my soul on fire. Makes me really happy. I love you guys. And I will talk to everybody very soon.